Welcome to Pet Sitter Confessional. Today we're brought to you by Time to Pet and the peaceful pet music, Call Music for Pets, YouTube channel. How do you market to potential clients? Flyers, referral system, partnerships and networking in your local community. What about running Google ads? Turns out there's a lot more that goes into this than just clicking a few buttons. And today we are super excited to have Maris Sonnabin, owner of House of Paws Pet Care, to talk about how she is utilizing targeted Google advertisements to boost her sales and bring new people into her company. She says it all starts with having a strong brand and through line for your company that you can communicate to people and instantly connect with. Let's get started. Yeah. So my name is Maris Sonnabend. You might know me as Maris Miller from a couple months ago. I recently got married um, and I own House of Paws Pet Care. Um, We are a small team of 12, um, which is just kind of mind boggling. Um, But I started like many people did as a solo sitter. Um, I was pet sitting before work, after work, and I was a retail manager at the time. And during the pandemic, that was just exhausting. (laughs) So after we closed on our house in April of 21, um, I asked my now husband about going full time and he's a numbers man. So he very quickly was like, okay, yeah, we can see what happens. And that's a scary thing to do in the middle of a pandemic and right after you buy a house. So (laughs) um, very quickly, we realized that we really had potential in what we were doing. And like I said, now we're a team of 12. Um, My husband's full-time with us now, and we do pet sits, dog walks, um, adventure hikes, almost overnights, um, anything pet care related you can think of on the pet sitting side is what we do. A little bit of pet taxi here and there, all that good stuff. Um, But yeah, so that's pretty much us. (laughs) Wow. So I know, yeah, you've been doing this since what, 2013, right? But you finally yes. made the, the decision in 2021. What, what was it about that time where you decided that, that you didn't want to be in, in, in retail anymore and that this was what you needed to do with your life? Yeah. So I had been recently promoted right before the pandemic, February of 2020. I got promoted to the shipping department of, our, um, of the store I was working at. And so we grew 300%. And within a month of me going into that uh, position. So it was just, it was constant stress. And don't get me wrong, you got every other weekend off and it was just 40 hours a week minus like peak holiday periods and stuff like that. So it seemed great on paper. But again, I was pet sitting before work, after work. I was turning down jobs that I could be doing that I enjoyed a lot more. So once we were running the numbers and like I said, after we closed on the house and the bank was out of our business, we're like, well, let's just, see what happens. And I very quickly had to onboard someone to help me after that. And um, it just kind of grew from there. We just, I started learning more about the business side of things. I'm sure a lot of people relate to this. I've never run a business before. So it was really just connecting to a lot of people and seeing how to actually make it something that could grow. Um, And wow, has it really grown? (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, I know a lot of people are, are, are get worried about the, that transition right into this because all of a sudden it is a, well I never planned on being an entrepreneur I never planned on starting my own business but here's this thing and I think mm-hmm. like you many of us find ourselves in that position of going man I'm turning down so much work if I said yes to that what kind of what would I what would I actually be able to do with my 
with my life. And that's where those those numbers come in and they're so critical to know, okay, what's my what am I turning away? What would I actually be taking in? What would I make now? And like really seeing how far of a gap. Cause a lot of times when you actually run those numbers, the potential really shortens that gap a lot more than we initially see just from our our gut feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, everyone sees like those people that do it on the side and they are just kind of doing it for fun and they're pretty, they're plenty busy. That's what, that was me for so long. Yeah. Um. So making that leap to go full-time, I wanted to be a better pet sitter in general. I had done it since high school and I really wanted to make myself stand out in regards to the care that we provide and give that option to people um, in our area. So um, like I said, after I really started pushing for certifications, getting insurance and being legit, <laughs> it really just grew up. And um, like I said, it, we had to make sure it was the right decision for our family, too, because like I said, we just closed in our house. We had two dogs. I just bought a horse and all these other things that were not cheap were coming about. And <laughs> we had to make sure it was financially feasible because Tyler at the time was still working um, at Target. And so we knew we had a backup and it was so funny. I think about this and my manager at the time told me, he's like, well, make sure you leave on a good note because if it doesn't work out, we want you to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, I- I'm not coming back. So <laughs> <laughs> dedicated. Well, I know you mentioned you bought it about a horse. You're really de- in the, the equestrian world. And I know that's a big passion of yours too. How, how has it been balancing having that aspect of your life and running this insanely fast and quickly growing business? Yeah. Well, a lot of that is actually what drove me to hire. Um, I am a big, I'm really big on having time for yourself and that's so hard to do. And I learned that really quickly um, when I was working 12, 15 hour days, as we can all relate to at some point. So for that, I had to find a way to really, integrate it into what we're doing. So we are one of the only companies that does farm sitting in our area. Um, So being able to offer that expertise to people that has said, oh my God, I haven't gone out of town in 15 years because I have no one to watch my horses. (laughs) (laughs) And that's also given me a lot of connections in the area too, that have helped me further my training also. Because a lot of pet sitters say like, they're like, oh yeah, I'd love to watch a horse, but there's so much that goes into it. And I've been riding horses for, I guess, 15 plus years now. And there's things that you can't just like Google to know when it comes to horses. I mean, they are constantly on a mission to hurt or kill themselves in some way. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, it's vital to have someone who really knows what they're doing. You can't just train someone up in a couple of days and they know what's going on. Um, Because something's always going to come up when it comes to horses. That's just how it is. Um, but like I said, I really knew I had to start hiring and onboarding people when I didn't have time to go out and enjoy my horses. Um, and that was really important to me. So that's, that is my peace. That is my calm. And if I didn't have that, I would lose my mind. So, (laughs) yeah. And that would, that is so, that's so critical to have those, those flags in our life, those warning flags that pop up. And that takes knowing who we ourselves, right. Of going, what would be a warning sign to me? And for you knowing, okay, if I don't have time with my horse, if I don't have my time doing these things, going to these you know shows or whatever that is, like if I don't have time for that, that outlet, if I start cutting into that, 
I know I'm not going to be a very nice person or I'm not going to be a very <laughs> healthy person. And mm-hmm. that it, and until we sit down and go, because a lot of people go, well, I don't have hobbies, right? I don't really have hobbies, but we all have things that we do that kind of feed us in a slightly different way. I know f- for one of my things, it's called, I've, I've tried to define this a little bit more, but it's kind of like futzing, like just messing with something in a non-serious, non-productive way is a really great way to help me de-stress of like organizing the files on my desktop. Like, that's great. I love doing that. And when I don't have time for that kind of stuff, my I just feel more cluttered and more anxious. So having these outlets and when we start cutting into that time, knowing I, I need a pushback on this and I have to maintain these boundaries if I'm going to be okay tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. Well, and I, for a lot of people that say they don't have hobbies, they don't enjoy going out and doing stuff. I'm a really big time blocker. Like my calendar on my phone is so color coordinated and full and specific, but I literally schedule times for me to go to the barn. And that also kind of helps my husband because then he knows what I'm doing (laughs) and where I'm at. And if he hasn't heard from me, he knows where to go. Like if something were to happen, God forbid. Just time blocking time for yourself, even if it's just like end of the day, time to sit down and like watch TV on the couch with your animals. Something as simple as that is so important because this burnout is so real. And I know it's talked about so much, but if you are at least able to schedule a few hours a day to yourself, it's made a world of a difference to me. Because even if I have to, if I have a million visits, but I have two or three hours gap, I'm going to schedule that time to go out to the barn. That way, it's just a time where I don't have my phone on me, don't have to worry about it, but I know I'm going to get out there at some point during the day. And that gets me through it. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I like that. I love the idea of color coding you know, the, the schedule on your calendar, your personal mm-hmm. calendar of whatever that color is. If it, if it needs to be a relaxing color or for me, it needs to be like a bright red neon color to remind myself of like, no, nothing goes here. This is the no zone <laughs> because otherwise it's so easy to to schedule things over there. But it's that visual representation of what's cool about that too, Maris, is at a glance – and when you look at your calendar, you I'm sure you can immediately see how balanced that week is, right? You can mm-hmm. see, oh, where's the, you know, for what color do I have riding my horse? Ooh, I only see that a little bit versus all these other meetings and other stuff. So it can mm-hmm. be another reminder to us of going, okay, I got to find more balance in here. I got to carve out more time and, and, and knowing that that's important to us. Yeah. Well, and even like the empty spots, I'll still put something in there. That way I'm not like, oh, well, it's empty so I can do something. Uh, It's I fill it with, no, you're going to do this, even if it's just sitting at home. Because again, I will fill my schedule. That's just who I am as a person. (laughs) And I've gotten really good this year at being like, no, it's okay to sit at home and do nothing for a little bit. I'll probably end up at the barn still if I have that much free time. But still, it's okay to do nothing for a little bit. (laughs) No, I, I know there are days where I I've, I've probably needed to schedule time to breathe right in my day or, or bare minimum, just like, oh, no, no, this is lunch. Like eat, eat at this time, because otherwise you get so caught up that not, let's, you know, it's not just self-care. It's just basic care of, of, of yourself where you can mm-hmm. blitz through so much and then look up at the end of the day and go, wait, did I drink any water today? No. Did I have any food? Also, no. Uh oh. Like, I need to go lay down. <laughs> yeah. Don't call me out like that. I just realized how hungry I am. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay. Anyway, next, next question. Uh, no. <laughs> well, I, I, because I know uh, one of the things that I, I, I love about um, how you've structured your company, Maris, is you, a lot of us try and come up with like, multiple principles or multiple promises or things like that. And you start off introducing your company to people saying that you were built on one principle, quality pet care. 
I, I so love and appreciate this intense focus on that on that one principle. How how do you bring that to life when you are doing visits or when you're training staff, kind of like day to day? How how does that actually come forward? Yeah, well, I know this sounds so cliche and we've heard this before, but time to pet in and of itself is such a wow factor for new clients that have never had a professional pet sitter. Just having that software to back us up for one already shows how much we care and how much we take this seriously. It's not just come into your house, let the dog out and feed them. Um, it's all the little questions we have in there. Like, where's where do you want us to put the mail? Where do you want us to throw away the poo bags? Things like that. Little things that they might not think of, but we have. Um, and also it goes really deep into our training for staff. Um, before they're even in the fields, they are pet first aid and CPR certified. Um, and then once they are in the field for training, they get at least 20 hours in the field with another sitter. Um, that way they can really get a feel for the time to pet app and how we do visits. And um, we also take pictures of like literally everything that we do. Um, we I have all of our sitters post pictures of like filled water bowls, That especially whenever it's really hot. You don't want a client to come home to an empty water bowl that you know you filled. Yeah. So just having that backup pictures of doors being locked and lock boxes being set back to all zeros, little things that someone else might not think of. But that way the client knows if they are half a country away or even out of the country, they know that their door was locked on every single visit. Um, so just little things like that. We really push to, so that clients know and feel secure in our care. Um, because we, we come from a team-based approach. Most of our clients will not meet every single sitter that we have, but I want them to know that no matter who I'm sending into their home, they will get the same quality of care, no matter who it is. That's the biggest, that's the biggest thing I push, especially from a team aspect, because I get it. I get not wanting to have someone in your house that you don't know, but if you know that that person has been trained the exact same as your favorite primary sitter, you won't have any worries. Yeah. And how do you help build that trust? You have to show them, right? Okay. The first sitter locked the door. How do we know we locked the door? We sent a photo of the locked door. Okay. Second sitter locked the door. How do we know they locked the door? They sent a photo of the locked door. Like this repetitive, (laughs) like, Yes, we, we, we're not just – what the words that we say aren't just empty, right? They, they mean something, and here's what that – here's how each sitter is implementing that through the training and consistency whenever mm-hmm. they're over. Yeah, exactly. Well, and going back to the pictures locked doors, that really started because there would be times, and we've all done this before, when you, you know you locked the door, but you're halfway out the neighborhood or even all the way almost home. And you're like, did I really lock that door? (laughs) So you drive all the way back just to confirm that. And when you have staff, that's not very um, productive um, and definitely not good for the payroll. So that just saves a lot of heartache and a lot of headache in a lot of ways. So (laughs) that's where that policy stems from. But it really has helped instill that trust also. Um, And that's just pictures of like anything you can think of. Like I said, the water bowls, um, anything like even meds, like taking pictures of of medicine to make sure the right amount was administered and things like that. So that 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 one is huge of here's like doing the before dosage and and taking a photo of that, especially if you're having to draw on a syringe proving no, no, this is what I've measured before, because we've had that scenario come up where all of a sudden there comes a question and somebody doesn't remember. Was it? Did I draw? Was it was it two or was it two point two or was it what what wait what exactly was that? And those photos are invaluable to go. Mm-hmm. I gave the the correct dosage, and here's a photo proving of the doses that I gave. Because a lot mm-hmm. of pet parents are are nervous. And I know you mentioned that you 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 um, the time to pet is a huge wow factor for people who've never used a professional 
pet sitting company. Kind of just thinking back to your new client intake there, what kind of percentage do you get for people who have used another company versus who are first time into a professional service? So we really target the younger age group in general. Like the millennial dog mom is like my ideal client. And if you click on my website, it's very blue and pink and punny and things like that. Um, And it's very bright. So a lot of our clients have never used a professional company before. Maybe they've used friends or neighbors and they just didn't want to inconvenience them anymore. Or their dog is their literal baby. Again, ideal client. And they want the best care for them. So they are definitely new to the idea of a professional pet sitter. And we want them to never go back. Um, I know a lot of people don't take those last minute requests. But if it's a client that I know is in our area that we'll see, we'll be in that area a lot. They're not super outside of our service area. And we can fit them in reasonably. Um, We'll take them in because I know that we can usually convince them to go with us going forward. Um, granted, there's always those one-off clients and stuff like that, but I really trust in our service and my staff to really up the game and their expectations so that they'll never go back to just their next door neighbor checking on their animals a couple times a day. <laughs> well, because that that's a, that's a proverbial discussion in the industry of do I take last minutes on? Do I not? Uh, uh, how do I? So what do, what do you think it is that does convert people over to using your services more regularly? than being a one-off client? So we, like I said, really pushing for that consistent visit. They know exactly what they're going to get every single time. Um, Having fees up front ready to go so they can see them whenever. Again, on the website or time to pet, when they're booking, they can see everything. Um, And just being really transparent and open in general. Um, Like I said, our branding is very bright and cheery. Um, We use lots of emojis in our introduction emails and stuff like that. So we make it so easy. And I really push how easy it is to book in our system once you're an established client. Um, We're really good with like last minute bookings. We do have fees and all of that, but I really push the whole flexibility. We're here whenever you need us. Last minute requests, emergencies, stuff like that. Um, Making it as as convenient for the client as we can. Um, That way they know that, okay, if something happens, I need to leave tomorrow. I can just reach out to them without having to inconvenience anyone else that I might know. Um, don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean it's not inconvenience for us. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we sure. all know how that works, but we can at least make some money off of it. So, <laughs> right. Well, and and what I'm consistently surprised by Maris is the number of clients who come to us who, prior to using our services, would use a combination of like five or six different people to care for their pets over the course of a vacation and that that's just that's normal for people that's just how mm-hmm. most a lot of people operate of no harm no foul it's just well um you know Sally can't do all of the all of them so she's going to cover these things and Dave is next door and then my mom's going to come over and my brother's going to be visiting and being able to take all that away and going we're the one stop shop right we handle all of that you you contact one time and everything's covered. Like that is such a huge, when we talk about peace of mind to clients, that's an aspect that we often don't talk about enough in our marketing. Um, I, we've even had it with people who who go, oh, well, I was going to have my neighbor water the plants and my other neighbor was going to do the, the trash and take care of my mail. But, oh, you're going to do all that for us? Wow. Okay, that's great. So even finding those pain points too is important when we try and message and get in contact with who we're trying to serve. Yeah. And it always makes me giggle when people are like, hey, can you bring the trash cans in? Or can you grab that package? It's supposed to come in on Thursday. 
And I'm like, yep, included in your visit. When, that's another thing that we take pictures of, packages that are brought in, mail that's brought in, trash cans brought in, things like that. And it's also on the report on time to pet. So you've got a picture of it and you know it's checked off. <laughs> uh-huh. um, it's just little things like that that seem so small to us because it's just included. Really telling people that that's what you do. That's part of your service. Because again, it might just be something that you do every single day, but they had to coordinate it with so many people and explain to so many people prior that this is what I need done. And as we all know, it's so much more than just letting the dog out and feeding them. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Have you heard of Time to Pet? Doug from Bad to the Bone Pet Care has this to say. Time to Pet has made managing my team and clients so much easier. Our clients love the easy-to-use app and scheduling features, and our sitters love being able to have all of their information organized and easily accessible. My favorite feature is the instant messaging. By keeping conversations on Time to Pet, we are able to monitor our team and ensure nothing ever falls through the cracks. If you're looking for new pet setting software, give Time to Pet a try. Listeners of our show can save 50% off your first three months by visiting timetopet.com slash confessional. Do you ever get pushback from people who who want a cheaper service and may ask, "Oh, well, don't bring in my mail, don't don't deal with my trash or plants. You know, will you charge me less for that?" Is that ever a sticking point for people that contact you? I've had people that do that, but what I really what I really push whenever I'm selling our services, I guess is the best way of putting it, is we charge by time. It doesn't matter what we're doing; we charge the same no matter how long we are there. If it takes us twenty minutes, up to an hour. Um, and then we have like the more high-end services like adventure walks and almost overnights and stuff like that. But that's totally different clientele that someone is looking for the cheapest service. Yeah. Um, but because we don't do like the extra pet fees or anything like that, which props to you if you do nothing wrong with that, but we just charge by time and everything is included in that no matter what. So there's no like a la carte add-ons or anything like that, just to make it easier for all my sitters too. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, and it is less of a headache and the, the a la carte approach I know can be, it, 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 it can be implemented, but it has to be implemented exceptionally well with a very clear uh, you know, stair step of what exactly you're getting, and the, the kind of more all inclusive approach is just like, no, this is uh, this is everything, right? It's no, you don't get to pick and ch- it's, you know, I, when I grew up, I used to order a BLT sandwich without the L or the T because I thought they were gross, and they still charged me the same, and I, you know, I thought that was weird. But now running a business, I'm like, no, like this is this is the service. It's a use it all um, up to the fullest extent or not, but our time is there. And that's what is accounted for when we are doing your visit. Yeah. Well, and I think the biggest reason why I really started doing that and everyone has had this client though, Oh, you just need to watch the dogs. Don't worry about the cat. And it's like a week long trip. Yeah. And, or they'll say, just check the litter boxes every couple of days. You know, every day we are there, we're going to be checking on your cat's litter box, especially the litter box. Geez filling their food and water, and it's included. We're not charging you extra to take care of your cat. If it takes us longer, then we'll have that conversation. But it's included in your care because I don't want that poor hamster upstairs (laughs) to not be taken care of. It's always the hamster or the fish. But still, I don't want that to be a problem. So it's just included. It's just part of it. No, and that that's such a, a you know it's a much more again relaxing way this all inclusive thing because we've had people who have actively tried to hide cats from us because they were thought it would be an additional charge and we had one cl- who we did the meet and greet we came over I asked questions are there any other pets uh, to be cared for in the home nope nope just the dog that's all good and it was the second day and we came in and we heard a meowing behind a bedroom door that was shut 
they had moved all of the cat stuff into the bedroom door. It had, you know, had all of its auto feeder and its water and its automatic litter scoop and its cat tree and everything was in there. And then they shut the door. And I was like, no, like you didn't, we're here for you. Like, that's not okay. So it was like, well, like, so getting people into that mindset of like, no, it's all taken care of. It's, it's all taken. You're, you're going to be okay. Cause it's all inclusive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And the only difference that we have in services are the drop-in visits and dog walks. Okay. So for a dog walk, it doesn't include like feeding and everything else. And that's just mostly so my sitters know what to do. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then the drop-in visit is some people just have, they, their dog doesn't enjoy walks. So we'll still have like the midday drop-ins per se. Sure. Um, but at least then the sitters know if it's a drop-in, there's more than just a dog walk that's involved. There's might be feeding or meds or something like that. And that's helped them make the difference a lot. Well, you've mentioned a couple times your, your website, and I do love your website. <laughs> it, it is so fun. I, I love a lot of the words that you use. You t- you call mm-hmm. the uh, the meet and greet a pre party, right? And you've mm-hmm. got these phrases on there, like you know, did we just become best friends? Uh, you know, so it's it's real punny, and it's all scattered with that. Is that uh, is that purely to target the, the the millennial dog parents, or is that an aspect of you that's coming out there in display? So a little bit of both. Um, I think you actually recently had her on uh, Pet Pet Marketing Unleashed with Michaela. So she did all of our rebranding, I guess, in the last couple of months. And I really told her, I was like, this is my target market. This is our colors. I want to keep our colors. I really push that. I am not a pink person. So (laughs) in regards to like the wording and how we talk to clients, yes, that is definitely all me. But the branding is definitely targeted towards that millennial dog parent um, that really wants the best care and fun care for their pet. Like it's not just normal, like, hey, we're just going to hang out with your dog. It's we're going on an adventure. I don't care which just around the block in your neighborhood, your dog's going to have a blast. (laughs) And we really push for that. And our reports too, that we send to our clients um, kind of match that branding. I really push my sitters to use emojis and fun words and tell stories and things like that. And um, so the website, I really wanted that to kind of represent like what your visits are going to look like whenever you're away. And that was really important for me, but the pink and all of that is not necessarily me, <laughs> um, but the wording, yes. <laughs> and I know that's an aspect of branding that is, that is that personally, it's difficult for me. If, if I don't have a personal connection to it, it's hard for me to love it and want to implement it and use it. So for you going, yeah, I'm not a pink person. And, and Maris, I don't know if you about this, but there's a lot of pink on your website. So how did you, <laughs> how did, how did you? You know, was that a struggle with you to use that color everywhere, or did you just have to go? Well, if it gets me the clients that I want to get, that's what I have to do. That's pretty much what happens. When I talk to Michaela, she she sends you this whole list of questions to answer before they even get into your branding to get an idea of the feel that you want. And she even said, just a reminder, your branding is for your target audience, not for you necessarily you. And that was like, okay, let me think about this for a bit. I knew I wanted to use the blues that we already had because I had my attempt at social media had already had a lot of that. And I didn't want to lose that work. Um, oh. My sister does my social media now and she's amazing. Oh. Um, and she's a pink person. So you see more pink in our social media now. Uh, she um, was happy. You kept your sister happy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she was pumped. Um, 
So when Michaela sent me like my color scheme and everything, it just worked with everything. It's a very bright pink. And um, Michelle said to me once after my rebranding, she's like, and you're kind of doing it the perfect time because Barbie is very in right now. Um, So it all kind of correlated right there. And um, I've had tons of compliments on our branding. I think it's awesome. Obviously, I'm a little bit biased and it's grown on me. You won't catch me wearing pink. Um, but it's definitely incorporated in our branding, our social media and all that good stuff. So, yeah. And that is, that is as the business owner, you know, we talk about the, uh, you know, you do what you're passionate about and have connections to you. There does come a point where we have to recognize that not only is, is our business not for our, our ourselves of like, we may charge prices that we personally wouldn't be okay paying for. We may offer services that we personally won't use, or we may need to do branding and colors that don't personally reflect us. But that's such great advice that, that Michaela told you of like, you're, it's not targeting you, right? You're, it's your business, but it's mm-hmm. not targeting you as a client. And that distinction can be really hard to maintain and, and fully embrace and the going, and that's, that's part of becoming a business owner of going, okay, well, my business sits over here and then I'm here and I need to manage and run this business. Sometimes regardless of my personal feelings about a particular color or a particular wording or language that I'm using. Yeah, exactly. And before when I had made my own logo and picked out my colors, it was literally that really pretty blue and black and white. And it just didn't, pop it was something you could easily scroll through it almost like blends them like the regular facebook colors is really Mm -hmm. what it did so those two colors that really stand out the blues and the pinks i want people to scroll on facebook and they know those colors are for our company it's just like with like um i guess like target i guess is the best way of putting it you know that red and that white that symbol that's target or amazon and all their colors i wanted that brand recognition that was really important to me so yeah, it, it is because you're, you're trying to to stand out. You're trying to get to that target market. You're trying to speak in in ways that they're going to connect with, and that all gets down to how how you are marketing and how you are messaging. So, how how have you been marketing, and what's some of the best ways that you found to get connected to that client avatar that you're after? Yeah, so I feel like I have tried everything. (laughs) Um, Facebook ads were great for me the first year and a half. And then something changed in the algorithm. I know they had a whole announcement about it, but it just wasn't as useful as it used to be. Um, That being said, Facebook is still a huge lead generator for us. We get recommended all the time on the community pages. Um, we're post I, I, my favorites whenever a client put, tags you. It's like the best feeling in the world whenever you're getting that open referral or yeah. there's a list of your clients commenting your business. It's like, oh my gosh, it's so cool. Um, so Facebook is a huge lead generator for us. The website, as it's been online longer and been more processed within Google, has really helped us a lot. Um, but with that, Google and Google Ads. Um, there are quite a few businesses in my area that are definitely larger than mine or have been around longer than me. So I'm not listed very high up in the Google ranking per se, but I run a lot of Google ads. (laughs) Okay. Um, and it has taken some trial and error, but I currently run two to four at a time for specific services I'm trying to sell. I think I have two going right now because it's the holiday season and I'm trying to not pick up as many pet sitting clients at this time. Um, so we have one running for adventure walks and then one for dog walks. Um, so those really those midday services um, that I'm really pushing for right now. And those have been a game changer for me. Um, they're not cheap. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but 
the way I see it, especially if like the dog walking clients, not just the one-off pet sitting client, if they are a recurring client, you'll get the money back that you spend on it. Um, and it's taken a lot of trial and error for me to even find an ad that works for me. Talk us through, you know, you don't have to talk about what you're spending on these ads, but like realistically, what's some, what is, what should somebody ex- expect to spend on this kind of thing? Cause when I think that I'm like, oh, okay, like, is are we talking like a hundred bucks or is this like multiple hundred dollars over the course of a year in order to get those kind of results? Yeah. So I always say, when, especially when you're trialing Google ads and seeing what works for you, anything less than $20 a day is not going to really give you anything. The one thing I really like about Google ads compared to like Facebook is that Google ads charges you per click. So per action on your ad, not just views. Um, And Facebook charges you per view. So however many people they blast it out to, it doesn't matter how many people click on it or scroll past it or anything like that. The Google ads are specifically people that have actioned your ad and gone to your website, clicked on it, done something. Hmm. And that was really important for me because then I'm just paying for nothing really on Facebook. (laughs) Maybe a few likes here or there, which could turn into clients potentially, but most likely not. Um, but for Google ads, I am sending them directly to my services page. So they, or, or the contact page, depending on which one they clicked on. I've really played around with that too. It gets really in depth. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Um, but either way I wanted to, the reason why I did the Google ads is because I could kind of control how much I was spending on it. Um, and I can kind of shut things off if I've kind of hit my limit for the month or anything like that. But I average around, I think I'd say between five and $800 a month, depending on what I'm pushing for. Um, so with that, um, I said $20 a day, I found especially that will kind of vary and take you different places, depending on how concentrated your area is. I think if you're somewhere like Los Angeles, where there's a crap ton of people, maybe looking for a dog walker, then you're going to blow through that $20 a day pretty quickly. Um, But with me in my area, we're a pretty concentrated area, but there's not a ton of like people searching directly for dog walkers or something like that. So I might have a $20 a day budget, but I might only get two or three clicks. I'm only spending like $10 to $15 a day. So you don't always hit that max. Okay. And the way Google charges you is that they will basically go, you set a monthly limit and it'll charge you once you hit that limit or by the end of the month. So for me, mine's like $600, I think. So if I hit $600, $600 before the end of the month, um, then they'll charge me that $600. Or if it's a full month and I've only hit like $500-ish, then at the end of the month, they'll charge me that $500 and then it starts over. So that's why I like Google Ads compared to Facebook. Yeah, it sounds like you have a lot more control over the finances part of it and really know exactly where you are spending your money. When you mm-hmm. when you go to make that ad, uh, how much should we know about our target client and our or that client avatar? So Facebook does this better than Google, I think, but Facebook will ask you for like, do you want to target men or women and what age group and stuff like that? And Google doesn't give you that necessarily. But they do give you the ability to select certain zip codes, which I really like, and then keywords that you want those people to be looking up. Um, (laughs) Something that I started doing is adding Rover and WAG as my keywords. That way, because a lot of people are typing in like Rover sitters near me. That's a big one. And Google is really good about telling you where your ad popped up that got you clicks. Um, And I kept seeing Rover pop up. So now it's a keyword. And I don't have the marketing power or the budget that Rover and WAG have, but I can at least kind of squeeze myself in there, hopefully right before them. Hmm. And 
maybe if someone's like me and they really want to support a local business instead of just Rover, um, then hopefully they'll click on me and that works out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But also, it also gives you the ability to exclude your ad from different things. So like daycare, boarding, um, things like that is another thing that I've done. That way I'm not wasting my money on clicks that for services I don't even offer. Um, Cause that kept happening a lot too, as I was getting clicked on and contacted for boarding and daycare and all of that. And I want nothing to do with that anymore. So, yeah, <laughs> I know you guys used to do in-home boarding too. So, you know, the struggle. Yes, um, yes we do. We removed <laughs> that from our website. Yeah. I've even got a little thing on our new client forum saying we do not offer boarding and daycare. We still get people that reach out, but whatever. Oh yeah. Um, but Google really gives you the flexibility to adjust what when you're going to pop up for people and that has really helped a lot and just playing around with those keywords and finding things that we do and don't pop up for um has really helped so and so to find those keywords are you are you looking at your website analytics to see you know could get some ideas from that or are you are you thinking of okay what is what is my target audience what are they searching kind of how how do you come up with those keywords So at first, that's kind of how I went by, um, like what the people that I'm targeting, what they're Googling. And a lot of times it's pet sitter near me or dog walker near me. So I kind of played around with that too, just to see what would pop up in that regard. Um, One thing, you'll never see your own Google ads on Google. So don't freak out when that happens. What you can do is go incognito mode and try to see if you can find it that way. Um, but if you're signed into your Google account, you won't show up for yourself. So before you run ads, it's good to do that research. Yeah. Um, but, but as I was running more and more ads, like I said, they kind of break down for you what they searched when they clicked on your ad. Okay. So that kind of gives you a lot of ideas. And that's how I found out that like dog boarding kept popping up and daycare and things like that. Um, and I've also played around with putting dog walking ads on daycare, um, searches just to have that alternative pop in their brain in case they didn't think of that. Um, so little thing, it's, it's really kind of a trial and error. You kind of have to run ads to see what people in your area are looking up in order to see what works best for you, which people don't always love hearing that, but <laughs> no, how, how long is an acceptable time to run an ad to kind of have enough data to, to make that decision or, or kind of what's your typical process with that? So I've only been running ads on Google for about eight months now. So okay. it really only took me about two or three months to really see a trend in what people were looking up. Um, I mean, kind of just being able to tweak things here and there in my current ads or running whole new ads that kind of worked with the new rules I was looking for. I used to just do ads for like pet sitting and dog walking, like all over. This ad is for both services that we offer. And as I've gotten more into it, I'm getting more niched in what I'm like what I'm advertising for. And that has really helped a lot because then I can really narrow down my keywords or words I don't want to be included in and things like that. Um, so that's really helped. You mentioned earlier how you're kind of running two ads right now, but for slightly different services. Do you, do you ever run kind of two ads for the same thing to see which one does better? Uh, to kind of do this A-B testing for, okay, I need to do dog walking. Now I've got two ads, but for the, they're the same, I want the same outcome for them. Do you do those kind of tests to figure out kind of where you should push one? 
Yeah. So for dog walks, that's what I really started pushing ads for in the beginning anyway, when I made that decision that we might eventually be a dog walking only company. Um, so I started tr- just trialing and seeing what would happen there. Google will send you these really like corny AI generated taglines that you should use. <laughs> and I don't know, I'm assuming it's AI because they just don't make sense together. Like they just, they're so like, I don't know. They just don't work well. Um, so running something that was pretty basic and bland like that, that sounded like a robot was reading it to you. And then ones that kind of spoke in our company tone. Um, and that really helped a lot too, because then people know like if they're reading a fun tagline and they click on our website and then see that we're bright, cheery, pink and and punny, they're going to know that that's all correlated. And it's not just something that doesn't speak to us, the whole bland we are dog walkers, insured and bonded <laughs> uh, versus the let us party with your friends whenever you're at work or something like that. I say friends, fur friends is what we say in our company. Oh, th- but thank you. Yeah. Stay consistent, Mira. Stay, stay, stay yeah, consistent. Sorry. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> um, but little things like that, they definitely help. And again, just kind of seeing like based on your target audience, I know there's a lot of people that are targeting medical clients right now. So if you wanted to get really niched for it and running ads for medical people looking for dog walks or dog care or something like that, that's definitely a cool space to do it in because you can track the metrics really easily. It'll tell you your impressions, um, which are how many views that you have, and then your actual clicks. And you can kind of compare how many impressions you've had and how many clicks you've gotten per. And you can adjust your time frame from the last 24 hours all the way up to the last year. So you can really easily kind of mess with those numbers and see what's going on. If you're a numbers person, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're a numbers person, There's <laughs> also a reminder that this is not a set it and forget it kind of thing. It really it really sounds like you need to be in there actively managing and looking and learning and re- adapting to the information you get back from this. Yes. And they make it really easy too. Um, I know there's two Google Ads dashboards that are popping up for people right now. One is very user-friendly and one is not. And that can be kind of frustrating. I'm still trying to figure out how you get to each one and like sometimes I'll get one and other times I'll get the other so it's it's just really strange in general um which doesn't help with how confusing it can be yeah. <laughs> but it's definitely it's just like looking at your weekly like your monthly meet and greets and stuff like that seeing what ads are working what isn't like I said I turned off my pet sitting ones it probably won't turn them back on till the end of the year because I don't want to pop up for those last minute people and I'm really focusing on dog walks and adventure hikes right now for my team um, so that's why that one's just paused and I'm not worrying about it right now. But at one point we have like four dog walking ads going and I just moved it down to the two that I really like, um, which is like a flexible dog walking one and then the adventure hikes. So some of my ads really focus on like quality dog walks, like high quality, um, insured and bonded pet first aid, uh, certified other ones are like flexible dog walking, easy scheduling, things like that. So just picking different themes that you have that might help with people's worries. Um, and that's really helped a lot. Yeah. Even as you were mentioning those two, those, even those two distinctions of insured, bonded, reliable, consistent, flexible, fun adventures like these, we all can think of right now of like, Oh wow. Those two describe two very different clients that I currently serve. Right. And they, but I, they, they both have my, they're both using my services. 
but they both have different fears, wants, needs, desires that are driving them to continue to use us. And so even sitting down and thinking about your current clients, who are you serving, asking them, hey, why are you using my service? What drew you to me? And then regurgitating that kind of back out into the internet to going, anybody else out there like this? Right? That's that's what that process is of going, okay, let's find more of people who who do because I, I don't it may sh- I get shocked sometimes whenever people because I look at our, our website and I look at our analytics and and people do search like insured dog walker, insured mm-hmm. pet sitter. And I'm like, oh wow. I yeah, and they 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 you know they find us. That's great. And then other people want, you know, friendly or whatever. And it's just understanding people will have different desires and needs when they reach out to you. And there are ways to get in touch with more people like that. Mm-hmm, definitely. Well, and going back to when you asked me about um, if a lot of people, a lot of, our, a lot of our clients had used a professional pet sitter before. Some people haven't and had a bad experience with a uninsured, unprofessional sitter, and that's why they want a professional company. And some mm-hmm. people just want to make sure that they have access to a walker whenever they need them. So there's two different needs there. So really kind of pushing both sides of it, but seeing what sticks the best in your area. A lot of pet owners don't know how to react when their beloved pet is facing a bout of anxiety, noise sensitivity, or depression. However, various studies have shown that animals react very positively when calming music is played for them. As a trusted pet sitter, have your clients check out Peaceful Pet Music, Calm Music for Pets, on YouTube, where they can give their pet the best chance of relaxing while they're away. From peaceful melodies to soothing nature sounds, this YouTube channel is the go-to spot when your client's pet is anxious and you don't know where to turn. Complete with beautiful and vibrant animations, their videos will become your home for the tools needed to keep the client's pet in a state of peacefulness. Be sure to subscribe to Peaceful Pet Music, Calm Music for Pets on YouTube, and hit the bell so you never miss a moment of calm. You mentioned even earlier of like, okay, if I'm going to tag onto a Rover thing, I need, I guess, you know, I would, I would assume, Maris, that that ad mentioned something about being local or being, you know, the hometown thing or to, to draw a distinction to what you're going to be showing up against. Yes, definitely. And the ones that tag Rover and WAG and all of that, I really push, um, like I said, being a small business and having that fun, bright, cheery look to it. Because um, again, I don't have the marketing power <laughs> that those companies do. Um, and honestly, a lot of people think that the Google ads don't work because they personally don't click on them. I don't click on Google ads either. I scroll right past them. But there have been times when I'm scrolling and I don't realize that it's an ad because they're getting pretty good at like, they'll mention that it's an ad, but it's just teeny tiny. So you click on it. As long, I have faith in my website and our missions that if I can get them on our website, I can most likely get them to submit a new client form if they're seriously looking. Um, and it's having faith in your website also because Google ads by themselves, if you have a website that's just like a one page or something like that, that's not going to do what you need it to. You need to have a powerful website to back that up as well. Yeah. And that that's that's key, right? It's not just words and a little book button on the on the Google. It's it's you're throwing them to your own property, and then what are they landing on? Are they impressed with that? Is did that meet their expectations? Because if you do start seeing that there are maybe there's high impressions, there's high click through rates, and then nobody's booking, 
You've got to go, mm-hmm. okay, what Okay, what turned them off? Where? How far did they make into my process? Did they make it into my process? And really, that gives you now, okay, now I need to really look at my intake process and what, what, what am I communicating? It opens up a lot more information about that client, new client experience coming into your company. Yeah, definitely. And a big thing that I push to with my on my website is it's as easy as one, two, three. So yeah. like uh, send a new send in a new client form, schedule your meet and greet, book whenever. Like think I don't know that's the exact three steps that are on there, but essentially that's what it is. And obviously there's more that goes into it, but you yeah. don't need to tell them the entire process of how to onboard because that's gonna overwhelm them. You wanna make it easy, you wanna make it seamless. And it's as simple as you click on my Google ad, here's my new client form. Fill it out. We'll be in touch. And then we send all the important stuff in that initial email that goes out to them. Um, they might want to consider. So, Do you find that, because uh, I know that is a, a, a problem or a headache that many people have of, okay, I get the person in and then they fall off during my intake process. Do you do you ever get pushback? Because I know you, you do ask a lot of questions and you ask a lot of your clients to go through that. Do you ever get pushback from people that it's too much, it's not worth it? Or do you find that by the time they're filling out those questions, they're really engaged and and want to see that through? So I am really proud of our new client intake process in general. Um, I've really, really put a lot of thought into it just in the last couple of months as to like, what's the first email they're going to get from us? What's the message we follow up with? Um, to get that meet and greet scheduled. And it's kind of like built up on. So first they fill out that new client intake form, which is pretty simple. It's like um, first and last name, address, services you're looking for, tell us about your pets. After that, I could follow up with another email. Well, they get an email that automatically sent to them. It's like, thanks for reaching out. We'll be in touch within 24 hours. And then I reach out to them and that's when I send them the whole, this is how we schedule. Like we schedule based off of time. Um, these are the services that we offer, stuff like that. Um, and then after that, we schedule the, the meet and greet. Once that's coordinated, they're added in the time to pet and asked to fill out their pet profiles beforehand. That way, my sitter has an idea of what they're getting into. Because yeah. <laughs> I don't do all the meet and greets anymore. So um, I want to give them an idea of what's going on before they head in there. Um, I've had some pushback on filling out the full pet profiles beforehand, and I'm not super strict on that. It's ideal, but I know some a lot of sitters do require that those are filled out before their meet and greet. But I think that they still need to know they they're trying to get to know you too. You know that you are trustworthy, but just introducing them into your software if you have one so that they know that you have a system in place, I think is really vital. Um, and then talking about it more at the meet and greet, if they have questions about it, they'll feel better about it once they get in there. I understand that wanting to put your garage code or your lockbox code in there before you even have the meet and greet. I get that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it is, it is a process, right? And and that is frustrating. And it, you, you mentioned of like, yeah, we, we know how amazing we are. We know that we're trustworthy. We know that, you know, we're professionals at this. They don't. And mm-hmm. does our process speak to that or is it demanding too much, too fast in this new relationship. And they're going, well, I'm not comfortable going there yet. Like I need some more time. I want to talk to somebody. I need to have some more communication. I need some more information and realizing that's okay. Okay. So I need a system that is supposed to kind of hold their hand and walk them through the new steps. Because if they've never used a professional service before, or maybe they have used a professional service and they were dissatisfied and it was a bad experience for them, either way, they need to be reassured of like, okay, welcome. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to get this. I love how you have that that automatic email that goes out that says, hey, thank you for filling this out. We're going to be in touch within X number of hours, however you decide to do that. 
And then with your follow-up, Maris, is that an email always, or is that a phone call, or how do you usually handle that? So I hate being on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the only one that answers the phones right now. And this is so funny. I actually ran a Google ad that had a call button on it um, just so that I would push myself to answer the phone if it rang because it would be for a new client, ideally, or a Google ad scammer which we can talk about too, if you want. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, everyone's got the Google, my business phone number that's calling them. Like, You're, they have not been updated or whatever. Um, but that second email that goes out to clients, is just another outline of like what we do, why you should choose us. Here's next steps. Like when would you like to schedule a meet and greet is basically the last part of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that comes after talking about um like we charge by time. It doesn't matter how many pets you have. It's the same amount, no matter what, just however long you want to book us. Um, you are in complete control using our app. Here's what goes in our app. Um, once we schedule our meet and greet, we'll get you added into there. When would you like to meet? It's essentially our next email that comes from us. Um, and there's like a little template I have in our safe replies on time to pet that we copy into that. I know some people have their new clients go directly into time to pet, but I want to see who they are before they start filling things out. So, yeah. <laughs> Or if they're even in our service area, we get a lot of people that aren't. So, Yeah, same. Or they have different expectations than we're able to fulfill, go against some of our company policies and such. So having those initial knockout questions are just great, right? To be able to go, okay, like, let me get a feel for this person coming in before I just throw them into the system and then hope, because it's like, you know, one aspect of like, well, no, I want them in the system because then maybe I can convert them later. But if they're not a good fit now, they're very unlikely going to be a good fit tomorrow or the next day or the next day. And then they're just sitting there and you may suck them up into an email newsletter if you do that automatic dump of client information. And then, you know, it's it's just kind of a waste at that point. So really thinking through exactly what is each step for and what am I trying to get out of this? Mm-hmm. Well, and like I said, my sitters do a lot of their meet and greets, if not all of them. And they have a process that they have for the meet and greet of things to go over and things like that. But I want the client to have a really good expectation of the service that we offer before they ever meet anyone from my company. Yeah, um, I want them to know next steps. I want them to know where we are based, like what what we really care about in our care. Um but that's really vital to me. So really establishing those expectations up front so they know what's going on and what's happening next and everything like that. Because then it's less stressful for them also. Because traveling and leaving your pets alone with anyone, even in a professional, can be stressful, especially after the pandemic. Everyone knows about that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm 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 sorry to hear that you are also getting. Uh, how, how many times do you press nine to unsubscribe from the uh, Google spam ad uh, phone calls that you get? <laughs> Gosh, constant. Well, so I use Google Voice too, ironically. Yeah, and it's, it has it has an intro before they call and says like, "Please state your name," which people can either hate or they love. I love it because I press, I got answer hear who it is, and then choose from there if I'm going to actually pick it up or decline it. Yeah, yeah same. <laughs> and that's really helped me a lot because as soon as if it's a Google, if it's a scammer, they'll just immediately start talking into that and you can hear it and then just press decline. Um, but yeah, once you start running Google ads, just a forewarning, you will get a ton of those. Um, I even had a Google My Business profile for a while before I ran ads and never had a problem. But as soon as I started paying for ads, that's when they started popping up. Yeah. So I don't know how they find you, but whatever. <laughs> 
Google will never call you. The end. <laughs> yeah, and, and for those of you who, who are listening, you're going, "What on the world earth is this?" Uh, if there's scammers who call, and I think there's slightly different variations, but the one we get all the time is it says your Google My Business listing may be like suspended or unverified. Please hang on the line to talk to somebody. And it turns out that sometimes it's that, and then other times they're trying to sell you to get hooked up to a voice search optimization thing that you're not showing up on voice search, and they try and pitch you on on getting listed on an Alexa search or Google, whatever. And it's it's a complete scam. So it's just like, mm-hmm. I, and I haven't yet to find a way to actually make these stop. They're just kind of a, a, a background noise at this point. Yes, exactly. And I know a lot of people don't like answering the phone because of that anyway. And again, I challenged myself for a month to answer the phone more by putting a call button on my Google ad. Nice. <laughs> and I did get a lot of calls, but I've also found that a lot of people that call you are looking for someone immediately. And if you can't solve their problem immediately, they're going to move on anyway. Uh, and that's been a big thing for me. I want them to go to the website and fill out the form. I want them to go through the whole process. Otherwise, I got to get on the phone, collect all their information, and kind of change my onboarding process in general in a way that I would rather not. Because um, I, I do love our current onboarding process. And I want clients to go through that. So if they're calling and they're like, oh, I need someone this weekend, probably not your ideal client anyway. Yeah, no, that's a really good point and a really key distinction between the kind of businesses that a lot of us run of like, no, there is a process, right? There, there are steps to go through. And those phone calls, it's you mentioned that. And it's like, I think, well, obviously we're we're recording this like the week coming into Thanksgiving. So like, it's just been insane with the, oh, I need, I need help today or I need help tomorrow or I need, I mean, I had a call, a guy call me this morning and said, I have an emergency. I need you to take care of my pet today. I was like, I, I, I cannot help you. Like, that's not something I can do. Here's some references that may, may be able to get you to. So just understanding, again, why people call. Sometimes people call because they want a reassurance that there's a person on the other end. A lot of times people call because they want, that's the fastest way to get a yes or no from you. And, you know, we can't really be offended by that. It's just a you know consumer behavior at that point. Yes, exactly. And just recognizing that and finding a way around it. Um, if they leave a voicemail, again, people will either love or hate this. But if it's someone that I think I can help, I send them a text to the Google voice number. And I'm like, hey, please fill out a new client form. Um, that way I can check sitter availability. Something like that. That way I can get an idea of where they are, if we can even help them. Um, before I spend 30 minutes on the phone with a person that's not even going to become a client. (laughs) 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 Yeah, Yeah, it's good to help protect your company and to protect your sanity as well so that you still have those boundaries. Because if you just sat and chased all of these little squirrels that are running around your company at all times, you're not going to have time for anything else or for any initiatives. You're not going to have peace of mind. You're not going to have those calm moments. And instead going, nope, every time I'm doing this, it's going to be really intentional. And I I'm going to just, nope, here's my process. Nope, here's my process. That way it it pushes people off. You have a process so that you don't, you don't have to physically handhold them. You have a process that does that for you. And it allows you to step back and go, okay, while they're filling all that out and being guided through my automated emails and my entire process, I can be over here riding my horse for a relaxing couple, you know, hour or two. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Well, and it came up recently. I had a client that we onboarded through Facebook. Um, like our business messenger page or whatever. And she would message in messenger to cancel her appointments and things like that. And I don't check it that often. Like I check it every day. Sure. But I don't 
like I'm not actively looking at it like I would time to pet. So this might be petty, but I would respond to her message in time to pet. <laughs> no, we 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 do we do that too, Barrett. We do that too yeah. of like, hey, I, and I'll even oh. mention like, hey, you know, saw your Facebook message, uh, or you know, or or sometimes if it's been a really egregious, I'll just answer directly through there and not even mention where I saw it. Just here's an answer to your question because trying to train people back to that of like, I don't even want to reward you by saying, please don't go through here in Facebook. I'm just going to only res- only respond through our software, <laughs> only respond to our software. <laughs> well, and I was so bad, good or bad, how you look at it. I had messaging wherever clients needed me for the longest time. And it was, things were getting, things were just getting lost in the sea of notifications. We're all in it. I mean, we're all on the Facebook groups. We're all, we all have personal things going on. Yeah. And sometimes you just don't want to deal with it. So if you have one place to check, and especially as you start onboarding like managers and things like that, I just brought my first admin person on. If she can't help, if you're texting my personal phone number, which we are out of that for the most part, thank God. But <laughs> <laughs> but she can't help you if you're messaging somewhere that she doesn't have access to. And if you're in time to pet, that's what it's for. I pay for it. Please use it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> It is about finding those and, and and doing that client education. And a lot of that too starts with your onboarding process. How are you targeting people? And, and linking this all the way back to the ads that you're running too, Maris. Of what is the kind of person that I'm attracting to my company with my ads, with my messaging, with my with my marketing, with my Facebook, with my uh, with my website? That is all part of a client onboarding and training process for the setting them up for the proper expectations for how to work with and interact with my company. Mm-hmm, definitely. Well, and there are some people like we've had a lot of elderly people that just maybe aren't tech savvy. So at the meet and greet, like maybe we'll call them to help clarify any things and maybe their meet and greet, like their whole profile won't be filled out. Um, but I let the sitter know like, hey, she's going to need some help setting up her profile, make sure the app is downloaded, show her how to use it. We also have like a little quick start guide that we send them also um, that kind of gives them a breakdown of how to use the app and all that good stuff. Um but just really making it as easy as possible. If that means my sitter's there for an hour to help set up the app, but it's going to save my life and them calling me every 20 minutes, I'm okay with that. Because <laughs> 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 at least then they know, oh, it's that easy. It's already set up for me. And I'm, again, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spending yes. a little extra time to nurture those clients that need a little extra help, especially if they're going to be an onboard, like a constant client that's going to be on there for a long time, it's worth that extra hour, a longer meet and greet to get them set up and then not calling you all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I I love that. I love that Maris. And and, uh, gosh, I, I, I'm so thankful for our conversation today and, uh, and you breaking down uh, those Google ads and encouraging us to try those out and test the waters and that to see exactly who we can connect with. Uh, Mm -hmm. And for also just understanding that uh, we serve our clients, um, with how we want to be served and to make still make space for the things that we want to do in our lives. And I can't believe I didn't even ask you, uh, what, what's your horse's name? Oh, well, I have two. two? Okay. <laughs> two. Okay. Um, so I have a three-year-old paint who is, his name is Rolex. They call him Rolly, Rolly Poly, all that good ah. stuff. And ah. then um, I have another one who is a coming two-year-old. So he's still a baby. And his name is Playboy. <laughs> I, should, I call him Huey. Um, 
<laughs> so um, <laughs> they're awesome. We show in the Ranch Horse Association. So we do a lot of like cattle classes and trail classes and stuff like that. And oh. we went to a show this last weekend. So again, if I sound tired, I am literally exhausted, but I wouldn't miss this for anything. Oh. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's, it, it's awesome. I said, that's my piece. I've been writing for 15 plus years now, and I would literally lose my mind if I didn't have it. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for taking time out of your day to come and talk with us, Maris, and encourage us in all these ways. And, and I'm just, I so appreciate you and, and your, your, your insights today and uh, for sharing with us uh, and, uh, and encouraging us as well. Uh, for those who want to get in touch, follow along, see the cool uh, marketing messaging and, and, and cool pinks. Uh, how can they best do that? Yeah. So you can find our business page on Facebook or Instagram under House of Paws Pet Care. Um, or I think our Instagram handle is at House of Paws Pet, Pet Care LLC, yeah. um, which is too long. I need to change that, but whatever. Um, you can also find me on Facebook. I'm all over the pet sitter groups. You've probably seen me comment somewhere. <laughs> um, my name on there is Maris Kate Miller Sonabend. Again, very long, but um, but yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, reach out to me if you have any questions about Google Ads. I'm not. I offer virtual assistant work, but I haven't yeah. really done anything with Google Ads yet. I'm thinking about offering something for like setup. Um, but that'll be after the holidays anyway. So, okay. Well, tell, tell us a little bit about your virtual assistant help that you offer, uh, to, to business owners here. Yeah. So I offer, um, pet sitting companies that use time to pet, just support within time to pet. So whether that's notification management, new client onboarding, again, I'm really good at it. Um, <laughs> updating handbooks, things that you don't want to deal with. I can deal with it for you. So, okay, cool. <laughs> is there a different way to contact you for that? Or is it still all the same ways through the, uh, still all through the same, the- um, message me directly and not the business page for virtual assistant stuff, but, um, but yeah, essentially the same. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, I will have all those links in our show notes on our website so people can click right through that. Maris, uh, again, thank you so much for, for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to speak with you. Yeah. Thanks for having me anytime. We talk about the importance of brand and branding on the show an awful lot. And my discussion with Maris really hit home the point of why we have to do that. Because when we need to communicate who we are and what we do to our target audience, we have to have immense and crystal clear idea of what that is. How do we know how to communicate something if we don't even know what we are communicating? That's where all of this starts. So no matter what way you are choosing to advertise, bring focus and clarity to that messaging by starting off with that question of who am I? What is my business and who is it for? When you can answer those questions, you'll find that the how and the method flows easily from that. We want to thank today's sponsors, Time to Pet, and the Peaceful Pet Music, Call Music for Pets on YouTube channel, for sponsoring today's episode. And we really want to thank you for listening. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week, and we'll be back again soon. (laughs) 